Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. All right, good morning. If you would turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Um... We're going to be looking today at where Jesus heals. Um, There's these three healing miracles. And the big idea that we have before us today is Jesus fulfilled messianic prophecy by performing miracles of healing among marginalized groups and demonstrated his deity by his power to heal. Um, We live in a broken world. Every one of us can see that. This world is full of sin. This this world is filled with evil and brokenness. And part of that brokenness, ever since the fall, ever since um, Genesis chapter 3, has been sickness and death. We experience things like cancer and coronavirus. Attended a funeral just yesterday of someone who succumbed to coronavirus. Um, we experience all kinds of sickness in this life. Just last night, I was uh, getting up because uh, I didn't think the furnace was heating as it should have, and I was going to go check the temperature, and I was walking out of the bedroom, and I stubbed my toe, and it hurt. <laughs> And I, I took off my sock and it was bleeding. And I just have to say, well, we live in a Genesis 3 world that's broken. Uh, I wouldn't have done that if we lived in a, a world before the fall. <laughs> but no, we, we live in a world with all kinds of diseases, all kinds of sicknesses, all kinds of death. And we grieve and we long for the day when Jesus will come and make everything right. Jesus here uh, in this passage performs those three healing miracles. And I say he, he does so basically with two things in mind. He's demonstrating who he is. He's demonstrating his power to heal, showing that he is God in the flesh. And the second thing that he's doing is he's he's fulfilling prophecy, and that's pointed out in the very last verse we'll look at. Let's go ahead and read our text beginning in verse 1 of chapter 8. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourselves to the priests and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. When he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing him, Lord, my servant is paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. 
For I too am a man under authority and with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly, I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from the east and the west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. While the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into outer darkness, in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. And when Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her. And she rose and began to serve him. That evening, they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons. And he cast out the spirits with a word and he healed all who were sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophets, by the prophet Isaiah. He took all our diseases and he bore our, he took our illnesses and he bore our diseases. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that Jesus has the power to heal. Lord, that he did so in demonstrating who he was. We, we thank you, Lord, that um, you still have the power to heal today. And we have those who we love who are sick and suffering. But we can pray to you with confidence, knowing that you're able. Father, we pray that you give us eyes to see and ears to hear this morning. Give me grace and strength as I preach your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Begins, he came down from the mountain. This was immediately after the Sermon on the Mount. We saw at the very beginning of chapter 5 how he went up on a mountain and sat down to teach his disciples. And now after the Sermon on the Mount, he came down the mountain. There was a great crowd following him. And among this crowd, this leper comes. Now, a leper, uh, you know, we, we may know about what leprosy is. I think all of us have heard of that. Leprosy, we now know that as Hansen's disease. And it is a disease in which that uh, it's actually not very um, um, contagious. It's actually very hard to get it. Unless maybe you lick an armadillo. <laughs> I, I, I read, uh, I, was, I was doing a little bit of research and they said that's one way you can catch it, is licking an armadillo. <laughs> um, it, it, it occurs in nature, but it actually is very difficult to grow this bacteria that it, that it comes from. Um, anyway, um, Hansen's disease is a disease in which it, it affects the skin and it, it actually affects the nerves first. It kills the nerves and uh, as, as the nerves die, you might get a cut or something and you don't even feel it and you just keep on going and then uh, you, it gets infected and then you end up having parts of your body just um, 
dying and falling off and it, it uh, it's it's a it's an ugly ugly disease and and that day um, they didn't really know what to do with something like uh, that it wasn't it wasn't something they could uh, have a cure for however um, the word there, leprosy, um, it's actually used in the ancient world of a wide variety of skin diseases. It could be used of the leprosy we know today, but it could also be used of all kinds of different skin diseases. They weren't sure about how to diagnose them accurately. This leper, this leper um, Moses had, well, in this, in this time, uh, Leprosy was something that would make them ceremonially unclean. It would make them, uh, you know, it would look, they would look kind of disgusting. You can imagine with the parts of their body just uh, uh, rotting on them and falling off. It would look pretty bad. And also it's, it was uh, ceremonially unclean. So they were unable to participate in the life of worship within the community. They were excluded from the the ability to worship God with the rest of the community. And as they would walk about, they had to shout out, unclean, unclean, if they were to come close to someone so that they would have a kind of a warning system. Like whenever we back up and there have, we have the, the, the backup signal, beep, 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 in our cars. Just as a warning so that if, it, if they were to come near anyone, they would know not to touch them. So this man probably had not been touched in a long, long time. We need touch, don't we? It feels good to to give somebody a hug, put your arm around somebody, to give them a pat on the back. But this man, because of his disease, nobody wanted to even touch him. He came and he knelt before Jesus And he said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. It's interesting here. It doesn't say, Lord, if you're willing, you can heal me. He says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. It seems that maybe the primary thing that he was interested in was being able to be clean so that he could be a part of the community again. So that he could be not an outcast Of course, in order to do that, he needed to be healed. But his primary concern was to be made clean. Well, what he asked was, if you're willing, if you're willing, you can make me clean. He had faith. He, He didn't just ask him. He said, if you're willing, you can. He didn't doubt that he was able to to make him clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. Just imagine that. This man who nobody would touch, maybe hadn't been touched in years by another human being. Jesus was not afraid to touch this man. He reached out and touched him, saying, I will, saying, I am willing, be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. First thing I I think we want to consider here, um, when we pray because of sickness, because of disease, whether it's ourselves or a loved one, 
we, we need to pray with the confidence that this leopard had, leper had. Jesus is able. Jesus is able. The question he had is, are you willing? Are you willing? Now, I, I believe that for the believer, we can say Jesus is willing. Though it doesn't always come in our time. Sometimes it comes in our time. Sometimes whenever uh, he heals, he'll do so miraculously and we will be healed of a disease, maybe like cancer, maybe uh, other diseases. Maybe we could be suffering. We've prayed for people who have experienced healing. Amy's sister-in-law, or sister, um, had COVID and was near the point of death. And as we prayed for her, she's healed. And others that we, you may be able to think of that you've prayed for and you've healed. Now, Jesus is willing to heal. He is willing, even though we may not see it in our day, He is willing. Because one day, while we may die in this world, while we may be die, die and be buried and be put in a grave, one day He is coming again. Amen? He is coming again and He will raise us from the graves. The Bible says that whenever He comes, there'll be a trumpet and we will be those who are in their graves will raise from their graves and they will be caught up and meet him in the air. And then we'll be caught up to meet uh, with them in the air. Those who are alive and remain. You see, uh, Jesus will heal us and he is willing, but our timing is not his timing. Jesus prayed in the garden in the same way. He said before going to the cross, if it it um, it be possible for this cup to pass from me, may it do so, but not my will, but your will be done. We need to trust God that He is good, that He loves us, that He is able to heal us, and we need to trust Him that He is willing to heal us, though it may not be when we want Him to. He is willing. And if we trust in Him one day, He will heal us perfectly. And we will be set right. There will no longer be any crying, no longer be any pain, no longer be any disease, no more cancer, no more viruses, no more leprosy. Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show, yourselves to the pre- show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. That's why I had uh, Ron read the text from Exodus or from uh, Leviticus. Um, there was a provision in the law that if someone was healed of leprosy, and like I said, there was no cure at the time for Hansen's disease, yet because that was a catch-all term for all kinds of skin diseases, there were things that could be cured. And if, if in the event that someone was cured of one of these other skin diseases, they could go and show themselves to the priest and they could be made whole again. They could be uh, pronounced clean so that they could, be re, uh, they could re-enter the community as clean. And be a part of the community. Jesus uh, did not, you know, he told us in the Sermon on the Mount, I didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And here, as 
um, Jesus tells the leper to go and show himself to the priest and give the offering that Moses commanded that Ron read about. He's showing respect for the law. He's showing respect, showing that he, um, he wasn't coming to get rid of the law of Moses, but instead to fulfill it. The next part we see here is this Capernaum, uh, this, uh, in Capernaum, this uh, um, centurion's servant that's healed. He comes to this city, Capernaum, and this centurion, we, uh, centurion would be a Roman soldier that was in charge of a hundred men, like century, a hundred years. Centurion would be a soldier in charge of a hundred men. And this centurion, he, he cared about his servant who was lying sick at home. And it says that he was suffering terribly. It says he was suffering terribly there at the end of verse 6. He had concern and he knew Jesus could heal his servant. He says to him, Jesus says to him, I'll come and heal him. Okay, we, we think, no big deal. Okay, Jesus has the ability to heal. He's healed this leper that we've just seen. And Jesus says, yeah, I'll come. I'll come to your home. I'll heal him. And the centurion stops him. He recognizes something about who Jesus is. He recognized maybe he didn't really have a full picture that this was really God in the flesh. But he recognized that Jesus was different than anybody else. And he says, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. He realizes Jesus is, is so great that he's better than, than him, this Roman centurion, which would be funny for a Roman centurion telling a Jew that. But he says, all he has to do is speak the word and his servant can be healed. He says, I'm a man under authority. Only say the word and my servant will be healed. What does this mean that he's a man under authority? Um, the example he gives here says, for I too, a man under authority with, uh, with soldiers under me, I go, I say to one, go, and he goes, and another, come, and he comes, uh, and to my servant, do this, and he does that. So it sounds like he's talking about, I'm a man with authority. But he says, I'm a man under authority. What does he mean here? We would expect, I'm a man with authority, so I can tell somebody what to do and they're going to do it. But he says he's recognizing something about Jesus. He's a man under authority. What does this mean? Well, the centurion's authority was not his own authority, was it? He was under the authority of Caesar. And there was a chain of command leading all the way down to him and on down below. So when this centurion said something to his servant to go and do something, he was speaking with the authority of Caesar. And he recognized that about Jesus. All he had to do was give the command because he was speaking with the authority of God himself. This is what the centurion recognizes. So Jesus is amazed by what the centurion says. Jesus was omniscient. 
Jesus is God. He, he knew all things, and yet the text here tells us he was amazed. That's telling us something. He was amazed by the faith of this centurion. He says, I haven't found such faith in all of Israel. This Roman centurion was a Gentile, and yet God, Jesus, cared to heal this Gentile's servant. We've got two marginalized people here. One, we've got a leper who was out on the outskirts of the community. Nobody wanted to touch. We've got this centurion who was a Gentile. He was somebody that the Jews didn't want to have anything against. They were looking for a Messiah who would come in and throw off the Romans. They wanted to rebel against the Romans. And yet here, this Roman centurion representing the army of Caesar, Jesus cared and healed his servant. Jesus uses this to point out a fact that uh, many, he says, will come from the east and the west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jesus here is talking about the inclusion of Gentiles into the people of God. Where no longer would salvation come only to the Jews. But it's now opened up to everyone from whatever race, nationality, language, tongue, black and white, rich or poor, whatever. This miracle with this Roman soldier points to this fact that uh, the gospel is open to all people, to the world, and not just to the Jews. And he warns that there are some Jews who won't make it into heaven. This, I think, goes to the the fact that Jesus was the one who was the, the stone that was stumbled over, who had become the cornerstone. There were many who were the children of Abraham by the flesh, which will be thrown into outer darkness that place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. One thing we need to say about this is uh, Jesus does not speak about heaven as, or hell as if it's um, some kind of um, imaginary place. He speaks of it as a real place of real suffering where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Other places, Jesus speaks about hell as a place where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Jesus understood hell to be a place of eternal conscious torment. We see the consciousness here as it says it is a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's not a place where people are just annihilated and and they go out of existence. But here it says that it is a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. So, Jesus ends this miracle story. He says to the centurion, go and let it be done as you have believed. And at that very moment, I don't know how they tell this because 
Centurion had to go home to find out, but at that very moment, maybe he got there and he asked, when did this happen? And figured it up. But the centurion servant was healed at the very moment when Jesus told him it would be done. Finally, we're coming to this, this last specific miracle that we're looking at today, verse 14. And when Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she rose and began to serve him. This is pretty simple. It's a pretty short one. Jesus enters Peter's house. Peter's mother-in-law, which we know Peter was married. He had to be married to have a mother-in-law, right? (laughs) You know, the, the Roman Catholic Church sees... Peter as their first pope. That's how they would understand it. Um, And they have uh, rules that say that their priests cannot marry. Well, those rules that the priests can't marry actually only goes back to the Middle Ages. Early on, even in the Roman Catholic Church, they could marry. But even their first pope, if if you even recognize that, which we don't, was someone who was married. Um... So Jesus goes into Peter's house. He sees Peter's mother-in-law sick with a fever. And again, you know, if, if we see somebody sick with a fever, maybe we think maybe it's coronavirus. <laughs> and we don't want to touch them, right? Because they're contagious. Somebody's got a fever, contagious. But what does Jesus do? The same thing he did with the leper. He touched her. And immediately, the text tells us, her fever left. It's gone. And not only that, I mean, she didn't need some recovery time. As soon as he touched her, the fever left, and she got up and started serving him. Like that's that's how a lot, oftentimes the ladies are, right? You know, you, uh, you've just been in bed getting sick, and, and then you know somebody comes over, you get up, and you're you're doing everything you can to be hospitable, right? <laughs> well, that's what. Peter's mother-in-law does. She's healed and she gets up and she starts to serve. And I think one of the things that we can see from this is when Jesus heals us, our response should be service. To serve him. Finally, we're going to look here at, there's a summary at the end here. Verses 16 to 17 say, that evening they brought him They brought to him many who were oppressed by demons, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took all our our illnesses and bore our diseases. It ends this section with just kind of a summary saying, they were bringing all kinds of people to Jesus. He had done these three specific things that it tells us about, but they were bringing all kinds of people, people with, with uh, all kinds of diseases and all, all kinds of uh, um, demon possession and all kinds of things, and all Jesus had to do was say a word, and they were healed. Just speak a word, and they were healed. And um, this brings this section to a, a nice close. We're moving on from from these miracles of healing um, to some other kinds of miracles that we'll see in the next text.
But what it closes with, I think, is important. Jesus was fulfilling prophecy. The Old Testament expectation that the Messiah would come and he would heal all kinds of diseases. Jesus came, and in these miracles that we've seen today, he was demonstrating who he was. He was demonstrating he was the Messiah that was prophesied by the Old Testament. And he was demonstrating also that he was God. Because only God has the power to heal. Only God can speak with a word from a distance and heal someone. Only God has that power. And Jesus demonstrated it by these three miracles. So what should we do in response to these texts? One, we recognize Jesus for who He is. He is the long-awaited Messiah who came. We also, another thing that we do in response to this text is we trust that Jesus has the ability and He is willing to heal us. When we pray, we can pray with confidence that He is able, no matter how sick we are, that He is able to heal us. And if He doesn't heal us now, He will heal us. One day we will look at Him perfectly restored, perfectly healed, whether in this life or in the next. And finally, Jesus had concern for all kinds of people. He had concern for the leper, this one who no one would touch. Jesus had concern for a Roman soldier, a Gentile, someone who would be considered the enemy of the Jews. And Jesus had concern for a woman. Our concern should be for all people, for the sick, for the Gentile, for for the unbelievers, for everyone from every tribe, tongue, and nation, just like Jesus' concern was for. For men and women, black and white, all people need Jesus. And Jesus is able to heal. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at redeemerbaptistpanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.